The first thing I remember learning about marketing when I was working in the business world was know your audience. I worked for a marketing and PR firm and we spent oodles of client money researching target markets, analyzing public opinion. And our goal was to find that one key message. What was the one thing our client would need to communicate to make people want whatever they were selling? Now I can tell you, if John the Baptist had been one of our clients, we never would have recommended repent. <laughs> Way too negative. Market analysis would have shown that the Judeans were already weary from suffering under Roman occupation, feeling abandoned by God. But repent is John the Baptist's marketing line. And in the reading this morning, in the gospel, that message, repent, is working. The Greek word for repent is metanoia, to turn around, actually to turn towards. It means a change of orientation, turning towards something new. There's something very physical about that. We think about repent and it's at this sort of soul and mind level and we have all this cultural baggage. But think of repent physically as turning, reorienting. So John the Baptist is out there proclaiming to an oppressed population, a population that's riddled with despair and with fear, with some hopelessness, a lot like a lot of people are feeling today. He's proclaiming the time is now to repent, to reorient ourselves. Let's move away from what is self-serving, what is unholy, and turn ourselves to God. Because God is coming into the world. A Savior is coming. Prepare the way of the Lord. So that's where we are now in Advent season. For all of us, we have the blessing of knowing that Jesus is born, that he does come, at Christmas, we have a time when we remember and when we fulfill that anticipation of Jesus coming, the anticipation of salvation. We remember that the agent of transformation, the agent of transforming fear, despair, hopelessness, that agent is Jesus. He's the one who loves us and frees us from worldly brokenness. He is coming, says John the Baptist, and he did 2,000 years ago, just as we've been promised today that he will come again. Just as it was for the people of Israel, the hope out, hung out there, so there is for us today the hope. Christ is coming. And hope, this promise of new life, is at the core of what it means to repent. His hope is what motivates us to turn. Hope, promise, that's something inside that moves us. And the message in ancient Israel is so powerful that it, grew, it drew people out of the confines of their lives, out of the things they were attached to, the shackles that they felt, and turned towards that hope. Come, 
to salvation. Come be baptized. Shed those things that pull you away from God. And this physicality of how he's calling Israel is in where he's calling them to when they're called to repent. His target market is not being called to the center of Jerusalem. John the Baptist is likely not listening and would not have listened to opinion leaders and the people in the metropolitan areas that these are the places that you need to go to capture the hearts and minds of people. I can imagine John the Baptist having campaign consultants with a giant map like we had for the election, a big blank of Israel. And then when he'd get his message across, little bright lights would shine through, those like Jesus lights, illuminating each win. But he's bucking convention there. He's not in the center of Jerusalem. He's not on the steps of the temple. He's not where people usually proclaimed. He's not even up in Galilee, which was the place where guerrilla organization against the Romans was happening. He's in the wilderness. He's in this empty region in between earthly establishment and earthly resistance. Now, if you've ever been to the Holy Land or if you have the opportunity to get there on pilgrimage, discovering the Judean wilderness is like discovering the iconic places of Utah, those arches, the beautiful sandstone, the desolate landscapes, canyons, not much vegetation. It's empty. It's also beautiful. And it's a place where with just a bit of water, new life can come. So that's where John the Baptist is calling people out of the safety, out of the comfort, out of what is known, and even out of what hurts in a city in our regular lives, out to this wilderness where there can be new life. He's calling us to center ourselves in Christ. Christ is in that wilderness. The remarkable thing is, as I said, people responded. And they did turn themselves away. And they did turn towards the hope and the promise that they had no idea how it would be fulfilled. They opened themselves up to what our presiding bishop loves to describe as the, Z the Jesus movement, the loving, liberating, life-giving way of Christ. And they come out in throngs. All these little points of light. I imagine also you know, a satellite image of the U.S. or of, of California at night with the little lights in the metropolitan areas and the cities. And perhaps with John the Baptist's word, these little lights, all of us, our little lights, migrating out to the wilderness, migrating out, having the courage to repent, to turn to new life. Now, some of the religious establishment comes out too, the Pharisees and Sadducees. And these are people who are charged with upholding the religious life and some of the political life. They're people attached to the status quo. 
And maybe not necessarily out of a terrible motivation. Perhaps they just want to get along as it is. Perhaps, you know, not rocking the boat is good enough. Perhaps we can just survive by keeping our heads down. Maybe they think that the way God wants us to be is to just stick with things as they are. Or maybe they aren't coming out with such a great motive. Maybe they're coming out to discredit what will become the Jesus movement. Scripture describes John chastising them in really harsh terms. He does what we later read that Jesus does with some of the seekers who come to him. John the Baptist looks into the hearts of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and he sees that they're hanging on to presumptions. They're hanging on to the idea that they know it all. It's their hearts haven't changed. You brood of vipers, he says. Another marketing message that we seriously would have warned against. <laughs> it's hearts that need to turn. Our whole selves, our hearts, our actions, our lives turn away from where we've been centered, turn away from colluding with oppressive regimes, repressive policies, turn away from excluding people from God's love. These non-loving, non-liberating, non-life-giving ways of being breed terrible consequences. But if we change our hearts, there's new life that bears great and holy fruit, not only for us, but for society at large. So where are all of, we, all of us this Advent? Where are you? Are we looking to center ourselves in Christ, in his hope, and in his love? Are we looking to center ourselves and reorient ourselves on his call to bring his love into this world, into every part of this world? Are we looking at ways that we may be complacent? Are we looking at perhaps some false centers of life that we're clinging to? Can we be those little lights heading out to the wilderness? Jesus in our hearts, Jesus in our actions. So may we all come to a new center, a radically loving, liberating, and life-giving center of Christ. Let us prepare the way of the Lord. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Amen.